Our scripture for today comes from the first letter of John. I'm not reading the Revelation passage. Feel free to do that at another time. But I'm reading from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When we, sorry, what we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, thou our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A couple weekends ago, I was at a family reunion in Akron, Ohio. My uh, mom's middle sister, Aunt Eleanor, was celebrating her 90th birthday, and so there was a kind of Harris family reunion uh, around Elmi's birthday party. They held a reception at the retirement community where Elmi lives, and so there were a whole bunch of us gathered there, and it was fun to be in this room and be pointed out by our relationship uh, to Elmi. So, Normally, I'm Jane Easley, the daughter of Dick and Mary, but at the reception, I was Jane Easley, the daughter of Mary, my little sister. <laughs> so Elmi is pointing out, yeah, that, that's Jane, she's the daughter of Mary, my little sister, or occasionally just the minister. <laughs> she's the minister. I thought, oh, gosh, she talks about me? So she's the minister. Our mom and Elmi's father was a Methodist minister, and so none of the other of my cousins are ministers, so I'm the minister. But it, it was really wonderful for me. Our fam- my family isn't great about reunions, and it was really wonderful to look around. And at one point, I was looking at my cousins and their kids, and, and I just thanked mom. Like, thank you, mom, for bringing me into such a great family. That is a whole identity that, frankly, I kind of forget about. My identity with that set of cousins and that life, it's not what's here all the time. What's here all the time is my Rockford life and and the greater community here. And sometimes I forget that I am the daughter of Eleanor Freeman's younger sister. (laughs) That, That way of thinking about who we are. I wonder how you are defined in your mind and in your families. Many of us are initially defined in the families in which we were born or in in which we were adopted, and we're so-and-so's daughter or son, we're so-and-so's brother or sister, and that becomes our identity. In later years, we may farm our own marriages or other partnerships, and then we're so-and-so's spouse. These things kind of shift over time. Later on, we may be someone's Uh, mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, but we tend to identify our family relationships uh, in terms of the families in which we were raised or the families in which we live now. That's who our family is. That's what our identity is. Today's passage from the letters reminds us that we have a different identity, an identity which is both visible and invisible. It's the identity of a child of God. 
the, this chapter begins with the author saying, see what love the Father has for us, what love that we are called the children of God. And we are, and that we are. And then later on it says, we are God's children now. What we shall be will be revealed. And so I want to reflect with you a little bit on what it means to be God's children and also what it means to know that we're seeing only part of the story. There's a whole nother part of uh, our lives in God which will be revealed at a later time. First, God's love for us as children. Uh, the passage makes it very clear that we are God's children. We are God's children now out of love. This is the sign of the Father's love for us. We are children now. I can imagine my parents joyfully saying, that one is mine. To be honest, I don't always think about God having that kind of feeling toward me. Oh, that one? Yeah, she's mine. And yet that's how God is about each of us. That Andrew, he's mine. That Gretchen, she's mine. You know, look through this whole group. Yep, they're mine. They're mine. These, these are all my children. God looking at us with love. We are God's children. We are God's chosen and precious ones. We forget that, don't we? In the midst of our daily lives and the busyness, we lose track of the fact that we are God's beloved children. That's who we are. That is our deepest identity, which can never be taken away from us. But while we're thinking about ourselves as God's children, there's even more. There is this sense that God is working in what is visible, our visible lives, our daily lives, but that there's a whole other layer of what's going on that isn't within our seeing. And All Saints is a wonderful day to reflect upon that. Again, in our Christian lives, we tend to focus more on what we can see, what is around us, and it's really important to see one another as God's children, to know that God cares about everyone God has created and that we are invited to treat them as siblings and worthy of honor and dignity, each person. But it is also true that we on earth are not the only ones that God loves. And there is a whole host of people, of people who have died in the faith before us, who are also present in a powerful way that we can't rationally understand, but that presence is still there. The technical term for that is the church triumphant. Those who have died in the faith are part of the church triumphant. And in the United Methodist Church, we don't pray to saints, but we believe in the communion of saints. We believe that there are those who have died in the faith and are present and are in God's presence, uh, praying and praising, and also interceding for us. And so that it's not just the people around us that are rooting for us. There's also a whole heavenly host and communion of saints who are praying for the goodness and working for the good of this world. How comforting it is to know that there's a whole other horizon beyond our seeing, beyond what we think of in our everyday life, so much more glorious than my Harris relatives that I kind of forget about. Here's this whole life around us. We in this passage, there are kind of two different meanings to what the author is saying. In a certain way, he's talking about heaven. In another way, he's talking about the second coming. 
In our Christian teaching, we believe that God created this earth and it is good, but we also acknowledge that a lot of things happen on this earth that God does not like. (laughs) You know, God does not cause everything that happens, and some things that happen that harm us, that are oppressive, that are unjust, those do not please God, those pain God. And acknowledging that there is a difference between our earthly situation and the heavenly situation that is perfect in God's desires, there's, there's a gap. There's a gap between how things are in God's reign in heaven, which is different from the suffering and oppression that we can experience on this earth. We acknowledge that gap every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we say to God, thy will be done thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We know that God's kingdom, God's perfect rule is already present in heaven, but on earth, we're not there yet. (laughs) And I think any of us, read the newspapers and you know, we're not there yet. There is a gap between how the world is and God's desires for the world. We know that the day will come, we don't know when, that Jesus will return to earth, and in that second coming, there'll be a fulfillment of God's desires, and that then that prayer will be fulfilled on earth, God's will will be done, as it already is in heaven. In the meantime, what a blessing to know that there are intercessions offered by those who already know what God's perfect kingdom looks like who already know what perfect justice and love and community look like. They're living that now in heaven. And so when we read this passage, it's looking forward to the second coming, the completion of God's desires for this earth. But it's also talking about heaven, those who have gone before us in the faith. We are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. In the sense of the second coming, we don't know exactly how God will work in and through us when Christ comes back to earth, but each of us, all of our souls, will be part of that experience of Christ's return. And in the meantime, when we go on to the heavenly kingdom, although our bodies are no longer here, our souls continue to work for the goodness of the world. That's encouraging. It's a hopeful world. We are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. This passage tells us that God's not done with us. We may think that how things are right now, that's just how it is. This is who we are. Nope. God's got more. What we will be has not yet been revealed. Some of us know what it feels like to have lost loved ones, and maybe the relationship wasn't quite where you wanted it to be when that person died. Maybe you lost that person when you were estranged. Maybe you have regrets. Maybe you wish you'd paid more attention to them. Maybe it was always a really conflicted relationship. Whatever that was, the Christian faith tells us that that's not the end of the story, that God continues to work in our souls and even in our relationships after death so that people who have died where our relationships are ragged, there can still be healing after that person's death, there, God can still work through that. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What a comfort it is to know that the story's not done. I know in my own life how easy it is to get caught up in what's right in front of me and my current identity and to lose track of the fact that I am a child of God, that God is working in my life, and that 
what I will be in the future, I can't even imagine that yet. That's up to God. But God is not done with any of us in this life or in the life to come. Christ, who is the Lord of our living and our dying, will be the Lord of our rising. Thanks be to God for that wonderful hope. Amen.